Hello and welcome to Data Driven, the podcast where we explore the emerging fields of data science, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. In this bonus episode, Frank and Andy were on a live stream discussing geothermal heating and cooling, solar power, and why you should never say no to Clippy. I'm Frank Lavinia, and I am super excited to be here. You can follow me on Twitter at Frank Diggs Data. And because we have a special surprise today, we have my partner in crime. I got to slide over. Uh, <laughs> hey, Frank. How you doing? I'm doing well, sir. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I am very happy that it's Friday. It's been one heck of a week. Those those four day weeks you think are going to be nice and easy? Nope. nope yeah. Nope, no. Nope. Nope. Never. <laughs> it's to the point whenever I have a three day weekend, I kind of dread the following week because it's just like. Well, you with know. the weather this time, goodness, it yes. was, uh, it's been really messy out on the East Coast here, especially the Mid-Atlantic where you and I are. Mm-hmm. And you, so got you lost power. Yeah, we were out for about four and a half days, but um, wow. we were, we're, we're blessed to have a generator. And it's mm-hmm. not like one of those whole house generators, but it'll do a fine job uh, keeping us nice and warm. And it did that. And um, let me turn my phone dinger off here so we won't get dinged. There and um, we did not lose power in this last one. And what was crazy, Frank? You know this. It, it hit us. Gosh, what like Friday, Thursday, Friday of last something week. like then, that. It was like last weekend, yeah. And, and then Thursday, you know, Thursday, Friday of this week. We just seemed, at least for the past few weeks, to be in that pattern. And just because of where the Gulf Stream meets the Jet Stream and how it turns, um, it. We were just, you know, it was nice and warm, moist air coming up from the Gulf up high and an Arctic blast laying on the ground. So we got, <laughs> we got like a half an inch of ice. Or, or so. wow. it, they projected up to an inch this time, but it didn't get anywhere near that, at least not here. So we're very fortunate. Yeah, I feel bad for the folks here. in Texas. I mean, uh, oh, aren't they? I mean, you just see the stories and they're just not used to that. They're no. They're saying it's like, like been 40, 50 years since they had anything like that. And we get it about every five or 10 years here. So, know, in, so yeah. Like in, in the Northeast and North mid Atlantic, I mean, it's, you know, yeah, we don't have it kind of all the time. Like you would in Massachusetts or in um, Minnesota, but yeah. Happens often enough that, you know, I mean, my, my older son was born during snowmageddon. Yep. I remember that. Um, and and in 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 the mid Atlantic, we kind of have a short memory. Like you know, it takes about two years and two years of a of a decent winter, we'll forget like how bad it is. Like and then everything and closes had, down again. You know, it's been really mild the past few winters here too. Yeah. I mean, relatively speaking. So so there far, was no snow you know, at all um, where I am in Maryland. We had zero snow yeah. uh, just outside DC for last winter at all. Like it was just kind of like same here. I don't even for when it first started snowing this time around. I didn't even know where my shovel was because it I hadn't touched it in two years. Like, <laughs> so we have a comment, and uh, so thanks oh, for watching, okay. LinkedIn user. I think I know who you are. Andy's right, probably go Andy's check. good at researching this. So thank you I'm for going watching. Now, oh, that's it's my, funny because sometimes all sorts of noises over here. Okay, I'm, I'm done beeping. <laughs> it's been that kind of week, man. So I had, I had, I was double booked on Tuesday. Although I am excited because um, 
so I, I work at the MTC. Folks know that. Some folks don't. Uh, some folks know what the MTC is. So we basically kind of do, uh, normally we would do in-person all-day engagements. That's kind of what we do. Yeah. Obviously, now we're virtual. So because we're virtual, uh, we can do kind of more kung fu with our schedule. So I actually scheduled a lunch break so I can attend another um, uh, engagement. And the reason I really want to attend this one is this was a quantum engagement. Nice. And this is why I'm excited about it. And that's Mena. Hey, Mena, thanks for uh, uh, thanks for watching. Hope you're staying warm. You're in the Midwest. I think it's a gets a bit colder out by you. Yeah. So this engagement was when I when I when I interviewed for this job I'm in now, which was a year ago. I told the the team because I was still hopped up from MLADS 2019, uh, which is an internal Microsoft Research Conference. In fact, I think I still have a laptop sticker from it. There we nice. go. I'm so um, jealous. You get to go to all the cool places and get all the cool stickers. <laughs> all the cool stickers, right? It used to be t-shirts now it's stickers. <laughs> um, but um, so I was a little hyped up on quantum computing and they were talking, they were like looking at me like I was crazy. And fortunately I'm used to having people look at me like I'm a little crazy. <laughs> so um the um they went to me and, and I was like, mark my words, within a year, we're gonna see somebody come to us asking about quantum computing. And they looked at me mm-hmm. like, Yeah, whatever, you know, <laughs> kind of in, in, in a supportive way, like whatever. And then lo and behold, like a week ago, somebody was like, nice. they found they found me out internally because of the podcast, Impact Quantum Podcast, and a lot of these live streams I do where I talk about nice. quantum computing. And he's like, would you mind helping? Because it's, it's, it's out of my kind of my normal region. And I was like, sure. So I can't talk about what they're doing, but I will say it is very cool kind of what they have in mind. It's patentable, which is why I'm like I'm extra cautious about it. But um, so, yeah, so I was like, I was talking about data. And then for like a half hour window, I did like a quantum talk and then <laughs> back to data. So very it was, cool, Frank. It was cool. And it's 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 fascinating to see kind of customers finally catch on to just, not just Azure Quantum, but you know, quantum computing in kind of the real world. Yeah. And yeah. and how real it actually is. And their use case is pretty cool. If they if they crack that, it's gonna be transformative for their business. Very nice. Um, yeah. So so yeah, it's been that kind of uh, it's been that kind of week. So as as excited as I am to do these, they take a lot of kind of like mental energy, and particularly when you're doing presenting on camera, you know this. You've done in person teaching and in um, you know virtual teaching it takes a lot out of you. Like it's kind of it does. It's not like it's not like um, there's a song by Bob Seger, and I think Metallica covered it many years later. It was called "Turn the Page." Yep. And he there's a line in there about like you know. You know, you, you leave every ounce of energy on the stage. And I thought, you know, not quite exactly what we do, because there's definitely, you know, a difference between kind of the geek life and the rock and roll lifestyle. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, there's there's a certain kind of core of it. So I was actually, you know, I found that uh, interesting. So well, I'm trying you know, to it's interesting. How- you bring okay. that up because uh, Christy was talking. I did a day. I delivered a day of training yesterday and uh, online. And then I did. Last week, I did four days of training online. And wow. it's, you know, what? and, and I was t- talking to her about it this morning, talking to her about how wiped out I was yesterday afternoon. I said, but you know, this has been going on for years. It went, yeah, I can remember back to doing 
pre-conferences at sequel Saturdays and, you know, yeah. and conferences. And every single time, Frank, when I'm done, I go back to the room or if I'm here doing it, I go, I just, I zonk out, man. I take a nap for maybe an hour or two because it's exactly that, man. I leave it all in the field. And yeah, yeah. that's what you, I think that's, that's what we want to do. And yeah, you're, if you're online presenting, especially for a day, just man it takes it out of you so yeah. i get it i get it i mean don't get me wrong i love what i do and i don't yeah same do. yes but yeah. it's just still like you need that recovery time so yep it's exhausting so, i don't i think people who don't do it may look at this I'm, I'm positive some people look at it probably the minority look at that and go that's easy right right, right. You sit there and talk all day and it's like uh <laughs> no <laughs> not easy if only, if only. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, um, so this week, I think I actually titled the stream. So it's funny, like I titled the stream, but we usually meandered to different topics. Um, but no, are you sure? <laughs> well, Us? the podcast will, the title, the title comes up as I'm editing it. I'll think of like, okay, this is what the title is going to be. So it's kind of after the fact. You know what it reminds me of? What? The difference between, um, uh, traditional data warehouses and data lake based data warehousing, right? The primacy yep. of the schema, which it I think does. is a term I got from you. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe, maybe me. I, I don't know. But so, the whole idea of schema on read is schema on read. It, it that's just, it. Yeah. That really changes stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it really impacts architecture. It has a lot of impact on things like, you know, what I do with data integration, data engineering, uh, it kind of shifts a lot of that around. And it, it's, I'd say first, it's a difference. Second is it gives you a lot of flexibility, of course, that you just don't have if you've got to rely on a schema being fixed. And, right. you know, so there's that. Um, and Mark, Mark Taylor has, has just put up a, a thing about a data cube data, Mark. Yep. There's a, uh, there's a lot of shift in in that when you're working with uh, these schema on read technologies, and it's not just data lake. Um, if, you know, there was a lot of technology around before data lakes became popular, where we had schema on read. So it's not it's not new, but it is different. Mark, Mark's an awesome guy. He's super smart. Um, cool. I've worked with him on some engagements. And I always say I keep wanting to have him on a live stream, but I always forget the schedule. So oh, we got to get him on. Let me see. Mark, um, I thought if you're interested, I can send you a link. You can join now. If you, I mean, we're all working from home. So I guess, you know, some of us have the thing. So if you're interested, ping me on Teams and I'll, uh, I'll see about getting you a, uh, uh, a, a, uh, a link, if you will. So Frank let lets sure. me on all the time, you know. So what'd you say? Your beard? I said, Frank, you, you let me on all the time. So, right. you know, I know you'll let other people on. <laughs> well, Mark's an interesting guy. He has an interesting background and stuff like that. He's, he's, um, um, doctor of engineering, smart guy, nice, nice guy. Done some, uh, number of, uh, MTC engagements with him. Um, LinkedIn user says, Happy Friday. I wonder if that's that, Nana or somebody else. That's Mark Tab. Oh, that's Mark Tabadia. Yeah. Nice. Happy Friday, my brother from another mother. 
Mark's an awesome guy. We've had him he on is. the show once, and I think I did a data point with him um, at least once. And I think you might have done one with him as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I bumped into Mark in uh, at an AI conference in New York where he was he was a finalist for some award and um, for being an AI innovator of the year or something like that. I thought I saw he. I thought I saw he tweeted something recently about something. Similar. He won another um, award. He's Mark yeah. Tabadia. He's humble, but he's kind of a big deal. He's the Ron Burgundy. Doctor T. Uh, Mark Doctor T. <laughs> nice. The other I like, actually, I, I think Mark Tabadia is also Doctor T. I think he is. Yeah. 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 So both of you are. That's pretty awesome. We're Two doc- folks. Maybe. Oh, we could do. Maybe we need to do a show with both of them. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. To th- Frank and the Dr. T's. I Dr. like it. Frank, Frank plus T squared. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> and you say you're not good at marketing. Yet you are. Yet you are. Uh, let's see. Mark Tab says it was the other one, social media influencer. Okay. Okay. That's cool. Both. Cool. Very cool. Very cool work. Yeah. So um, I really like Restream. We use Restream. I mean, I have a Stream Deck. I have OBS. Yeah. All that stuff. But uh, there is nothing. Um, I mean, in terms of simplicity, this is, you can't beat this. Yeah. Like you just fire up a web browser and you do it. Are there things that I would change, et cetera, et cetera? <laughs> T squared. T squared. There you go, Mark Tap. Um, you know, Frank, you mentioned to me um, recently because I was talking to you about doing some recording and you mentioned um, just using OBS straight up for recording instead right. of for streaming. And I did pop it open. Of course, I hadn't opened it in months. So mm-hmm. it, it sat there and spun on a huge update, probably 30 minutes. Oh, your slide deck? Yeah, but it, it did it did get updated and I was back playing around with the stream deck a little bit. Uh, cool. working with it so i haven't i haven't done it yet but i'm you know i i kept going back and forth between restream in the web uh right there in the web browser and then using obs and i liked them both they both mm-hmm. had you know some serious um functionality there but it just seemed one got ahead of the other i and i landed where you did and because of a um kind of a break that was messing with the recording not with the streaming um, but I ended up installing Firefox because that seems to work better with Restream. Uh, yeah, there's some there's some Chrome. weird bugs that um, that the latest update of anything that's Chrome or Chromium based. Um, nice, Mark. Um, yeah, Stream Deck. We should uh, we should compare yeah. notes. Yeah. Um, so here's another comment from uh, the other Doctor T. The other Doctor uh, T. The seventies uh, and eighties. Yeah. That's true. Data the databases were the playgrounds of like academia, and and I mean this was, I mean it was rocket science. I mean it was rocket surgery, if you will, back in the day. <laughs> but I and I think that kind of dovetails nicely into kind of like you know today quantum physics and quantum computing is kind of rocket science today. But oh, who yeah. knows? I mean, I always like to joke that the iPhone Q will come out in like ten years. 
<laughs> and you know it'll be quantum and you know they'll be they'll ban it from you they'll ban it uh, in the casinos in vegas because it'll have a better chance of beating uh and counting cards <laughs> i could totally see that being a thing that probably well, so what i'm so, excited about frank solve the applications and the stuff that we do now how right. quantum is going to impact that we know it's going to uh john says quantum in your pocket that's awesome the uh, we know it's going to change things, um, and and what we saw with databases, um, mm -hmm. what uh, Doctor the, the first Doctor T is talking about, the first one who spoke, uh, was talking about is back in those days of academia and stuff. Those were the first users of it, and then it became uh, I won't say ubiquitous, but it became more public, more useful in business and stuff. And mm -hmm. it was I thought the right term. It was always useful. It just became a um, it started affordable. getting applied. Let's put it right. affordable is a good word too. Started being applied there. And I think that's what we're going to see with quantum computing. And this reminds me somewhat of when I started with uh, computing back in the 70s, um, like 75. And uh, I just happened to live next door to an engineer who built a home computer from a kit. Nice. Um, that was the that was one way you could do it. And I learned Motorola machine code and then basic. And, you know, it's 1975. Nobody had a home computer, not in out in the middle of the woods between Blackstone and Amelia, Virginia. So, uh, yeah, Mark Taylor says uh, you'll talk on the phone and listen at the same time. Like Schrodinger, are you on the phone or not? Yeah. Like, <laughs> good point. I like any. And I, I always pronounce that Schrodinger when I read it, but I believe it's pronounced Schrodinger. I'm not sure. Schrodinger in German. Schrodinger? Okay. Yeah, Schrodinger. Yeah. It's a so Stevie theme. Ray is, uh, by the way, Stevie Ray's birthday Sunday. He is turning 18. Oh, my God. I cannot gosh. believe that. Yeah. And um, he's uh, been studying uh, German and uh, Arabic, actually. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So Both. he's he's my German guy. You know, I go to you to speak German. You lived there for a while. I right? lived there and I studied yeah. Arabic for a while too. Fascinating oh, language. Yeah, yeah. Long story. Long story. But um, so um, check this out. Um, oh, John asked this question. I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. Do your Schrodinger. Schrodinger. Is, do your Schrodinger this thing. Is, this is my Schrodinger joke. Schrodinger should have been nicer to my cat. Changed my mind. <laughs> That's sorry, funny. I had to get that out there. That's I had that awesome. on Instagram. Had that John Instagram. asked about Stevie and SQL Server and Raspberry Pi. Um, he has done some with that, but uh, not a lot. I'm trying to think of his current project. I know, so we built a greenhouse. It was kind of our pandemic project. And um, it's, I, I was, I had all sorts of high hopes to have tomatoes in January. That did not happen this January. I didn't specify the year in my defense, but um, yeah, it was, that's a poor defense. Um but he did rig up, um, we, we built a kind of a hothouse in there where it's a big lab for me and Stevie. I, um, cool. My wife, his mother is driving them nuts. I was driving her nuts because she's like, just stop so we can grow stuff. So it, it's going to be great for extending the season. We'll have, um, you know, we'll get to plant a good month, six weeks early. And that cool. we're getting ready for that now. But we ran a hothouse experiment where we put one of our electric radiators out there on a really, uh, actually it was a cold week. We had about a month ago, grabbed some data. He had a Raspberry Pi and an Arduino running, talking to each other. The Pi was to communicate with the, um, with the uh, wireless internet here. And our, mm -hmm. um, 
and then the Arduino ran a, a really old set of weather instruments out there. But we caught, uh, we captured data, and we've got enough to correlate. I just haven't done it yet with my weather station that reads the outside temperature. So that's what we were doing. So farm bot, I like it, Frank. I, I've been wanting to get one of these until you see the price. Yo. But... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe one of these uh, one of these days. It seems pretty cool. There's actually yeah. a lot I think IoT can do for agriculture, oh, certainly yeah. on the large scale, but also kind of on the the small scale. Yeah. Well, you know, agricultural automation is fascinating, and I I did some back in the day. So mm -hmm. in the '90s, um, I I would program Alan Bradley's SLC 500 um, programmable logic controllers (PLCs). And one of the things that I did, a friend of mine owned a hatchery and we used the PLC to monitor about 40 large incubators. And I want to say they held 10,000 eggs each. Wow. Um, yeah. They, they raised laying hens. And um, it, whenever a machine uh, dropped below temperature, it would set off an alarm. We'd pick that up and we had a display. It was a very, you know, analog display outside, just a bunch of lights uh, each of the each room had 10 machines and there were four rooms. And also, but the cool part of it was we were able to put in a serial plug-in card and uh, send a text to um, to whoever had the pager. That was not a text, pager. but we were wow. able to page. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we would tell them which machine, you know, they were numbered. We'd tell them which machine had generated the alarm. And so they would know there was it was a large facility. They'd come up to an outside door and just go into the right door in the right room. Nice. Kind of cool. Well, we're at three sets of elbows. There was a lot know, of high. That's cool. <laughs> so yeah, Farm Beats, Farm Beats is a pretty cool product um, or or program that Microsoft has. I'm actually um, uh, gonna present on that next month to a large cool. educational institution um, there. Um, not that far from you, actually. Um, I, know, uh, I knew what you were talking about before you told me that. Before you right, said, right. Well, pretty, and, you know, we, we want to preserve our privacy, but if you're clever, sure, sure. you can kind of. It's like The Simpsons, and what they say is like, you know, they don't tell you exactly what state Springfield is in. But if you're <laughs> if you're if you're clever and you're paying attention to the clues, uh, that's it. You can. <laughs> I'm you trying can to do that out. meme nod, Frank. You know. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The meme. Which nod, one? Yeah, Change my one. mind or the cat thinking he should stream? I don't remember now. <laughs> oh, that's the beauty of memes. They're like ephemeral, you know? They're both eternal and ephemeral at the same time. Oh, you're getting too deep on me, Frank. Those are in Farva, we call those $3 words. Oh, I call them 10 They're $10 up here in D.C. 10, 10 wow. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure in San Francisco and New York, it's even more. But... <laughs> Um, John Wood has uh, raised a question because I wish we could watch all these presentations you give. Um, uh, I will. We don't talk much about our our secret project yet because it's still secret. But um, maybe, maybe this wish will manifest its way somehow. John, that's all I'm going to say. That's the only. <laughs> Andy, if you want to drop another hint, you're welcome to. But maybe, no, I, just you. You never know, John. Um, <laughs> You never know. But we are we are continuing to make progress on what we've dubbed Project Ringgate, and if nothing Ooh. else, it's a ton of fun. It has. Yeah, you got to get your got to get your stuff there, Frank. Here we go. Uh, 
So I don't know if I ever showed you this. Ooh, no, and I'm so jealous. I want one. It's like four <laughs> bucks on a. That's a, not bad. Yeah, I, I they there was um I saw an uh, an ad for um uh like a larger replica made of metal and stuff like that. It was like two or three hundred dollars. Like, yeah, no, I like the show, but. <laughs> but when I saw this for like, you know, way less. So if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, this is from The Expanse, the TV that was formerly on um, uh, sci-fi. Amazon picked it up. Uh, it's from a series of books, which are also awesome. Oh, the books. Yeah. The series and, and the books are both great. Yeah. So Project Ringgate is, uh, is, is a reference to the show. Yes. And... Um, you know everything kind of tied to the project we've 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 given kind of code names like the proto molecule stuff like that. <laughs> um, we're having a lot of fun with the project. We are. Ringgate. We're just a couple of goofy guys trying to trying to put something out there. So we'll see. <laughs> but um, presentations is a uh, is a you know is a good thing, and I think Frank, if you watch Frank do live streams and stuff, he works a lot of presentations in. Um, Frank's world, you can go there and search for it. You've got a YouTube channel where you mm -hmm. send a lot of your, and what's nice about streaming to YouTube is it keeps it forever. Right. It just, it never goes away. And it's more um, discoverable than LinkedIn live. I, well, mm -hmm. one thing I have noticed because we are very data driven here, um, is, um, I don't have my little, I got to add that. Um, <laughs> is that in terms of live views, my majority of my live views and interaction, and you could even see this in the chat if I, uh, if I pulled it mm -hmm. up, but um, that is largely uh, LinkedIn. Now, probably mm -hmm. because I have close to 13,000 followers on LinkedIn. So I obviously have the bigger audience there. My YouTube channel is uh, my, my greatest shame and failure <laughs> because I have 350 subscribers, give or take. Uh, in the past uh, seven or eight years. So, I mean, clearly, clearly the YouTube algorithm and me don't quite combine. Well, but if um, you put some time on it, Frank, you could do it. Exactly. You and I put time this. into it. I mean, it's it's yeah. one of those things where, um, you know, um, oh, well, thank you, John, that my channel is, is a diamond in the rough. I am working on things which I think will be related to Project Ringgate that hopefully will bring some more attention to the channel. Um, yeah. I've actually rebranded uh, my Twitter and my Instagram. Uh, my Instagram used to be uh, my my Twitter handle used to be Tableteer, which is a callback to the era of the tablet PC. And um, yeah. I've changed uh, my uh, my accounts on Instagram and that to be a little more consistent with branding, just cause just seemed like the right thing to do. And no one is. Tablet PC is kind of a, an interesting thing. Yeah, so Mark you know, Tab. That's Mark. I Tab probably should user. put more cat videos. I'll um, maybe have like a um, AI generated cat video. I actually have software that can do that. I actually have software that if you give it a still photo, it will kind of map mesh and warp and make it sound like somebody's talking, or make it look like somebody's talking. I've used that before, but that's a good idea. Cat filter. The cat filter. I like that. I like that idea. That's a good yeah. idea. I'm, I'm I'm taking down these great ideas here. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Put a cat filter on, on the. Oh, uh, just like the lawyer. Say you're not a cat. Oh, I, now I get it. Okay, I yeah, I saw that, and I am way disconnected from. 
So should we, that, that was hilarious. Was hilarious. It, the judge was like, he goes, I, I don't know what's happening. My my assistant put this filter on. I don't know what's going on, but but I can assure you, I'm not a cat. And the judge is like, yeah, I'm I'm something to the effect of, yeah, very stoic and very professional. Kudos to the judge, because I would have been laughing hysterically. And he said something to the effect of, um, you know, yes, I, I'm aware you're not a cat, sir. <laughs> something like that. Just, well played, Mr. Judge. There's well been played. a number of uh, very interesting, um, you know, very interesting happenings like that over the past 12 months as people have kind of started using more and more, uh, the, you know, sharing and uh, Zoom and Teams and all of that. Yeah. So it's been neat to see us kind of go through that phase as a culture. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Amidst all of this chaos, you know. Um, yeah. So this year, while we're talking about streaming, I pulled this out because yeah. Mark Tab was um, talking about this. So this here, it's HDMI video capture. It was about $20, $29, $25, depending on who you buy it from. Yeah. You can take the input from a camcorder or any HDMI source and then pipe it into your computer. Hmm. So, which is also very useful for kind of streaming and stuff like that. Now, the reason, big reason why I stream through this web interface uh, is to get guests in easier. Because you and I, when we were working on doing uh, Data Driven's, the original vision for Data Driven was going to be video based. Mm -hmm. We struggled with that. I don't, you know, so... I could probably figure it out and I, I, you know, I have a list of things I need to learn and do like this long, but that's definitely on my list. Um, but um, in terms of bringing somebody external, but Scott Hanselman has a great video out uh, where he basically has created this professional looking um, kind of presentation using PowerPoint and OBS and then recording. I that. saw that. Yeah, I saw that. That was, that was really cool. And it was very inspiring. Yep. Yeah, somebody at the MTC, he delivered a uh, an, a remote engagement with that, and he says it went really well. So um, uh, I haven't seen it, but I'm sure I'm sure it's it sounds cool. So yeah, I'm inspired by him, and also Brent Ozar, who who does um, live streams rarely now. He did a bunch at the end of last year. Yeah, and um, he just he's got great setups. Uh, he's got the big stream deck. Um, I saw uh, we were looking at the video. You and I, Frank, were looking at the video for um, Adam Saxton and the guy in the cube uh, setup he's got at his place. Um, I, I imagine Patrick LeBlanc, the other guy in the cube, uh, also has a, has a similar setup. And these are just people who have invested time. And right. quite frankly, Adam's invested a lot of money. He's got really good cameras. Brent has good cameras as well and several of them. And it's just, it's neat to see what you can do with this. You put a little time and money into it. So Yeah, no, for sure. And it's, it's not as expensive as it used to be either. I mean, it's true. It's It's coming down, you know? So, I mean, to do a live stream, I mean, I have a ring light over there that was like $19. It's got on Black Friday and um, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's so much, so more accessible than it ever has been, you know? I'm using a Logitech Brio, you know, kind of a mid-webcam. Oh, like I like it a lot. And Frank, there's very little light in this room right now. I mean, mm-hmm. I've got, I don't know how to describe the lamp, but it's a lamp. It's got a little green shield on it. You've seen it, I know. This is like the I call it lamp. an accounting lamp. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, a banker, banker accounting lamp. 
that's the only light in this entire room right now. And well, it is shaded. I mean, if you, and it's the Brio, it's picking it up. So there nice. I've lifted up the shade, but I, I leave the shade down because you can see the shadow behind me. Right, when I'm right. doing the, you know, Andy in the corner. Um, Nobody puts uh, Andy in the corner. corner. Yes, I put Andy in the corner. All the time. It's where he belongs. He should have his nose touching the wall. <laughs> but yeah, I do that. And you can just remove the color. I use Camtasia, but... I'm more than OBS will do it. I've, I've done it with OBS even um, live, and that's kind of fun to do that. And you've got, you know, the little talking head down on one side, and it's kind of cool. So that is cool. Brent, I was mentioning Brent, he did one um, a few months ago. I want to say it may have been back over the summer. He did sequel clippy. You have to search for that. Search for Brent Ozar on YouTube. Brent Ozar sequel clippy. It's it is a it's very interesting. They made he and his wife they made the costume that he wears nice. and it's green, so he can do the remove the green color, and nice. it was a very interesting presentation that he did. Funny, the one that Brent's, Brent's hilarious. Oh my gosh, so. you got to see this. Let me share this. Okay, yeah, there he is. <laughs> So, yeah, he was he he did that and he was sharing about some of the well, you know, you remember Clippy. I don't want to ruin it for anybody, but um, yeah, Clippy in office. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, there's a whole thing here. The life of Clippy. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't know he did that. I always wanted to um, um, get a Clippy costume, just borrow it and shoot like a fake little commercial. <laughs> um, oh no, this is what I had in mind. Um, you remember the never say no to pandas? I don't, I don't remember. This is that. a meme. Sorry. Here we go. Okay. This is what I wanted to, uh, this is what I wanted to re recreate. Oh, whoops, not full screen. <laughs> There we go. Oh, Mark Mark uh, Taylor says, or a little Einstein. That would be funny, too. That would be funny. So if you're not familiar with this meme, this is um, um, the commercials in Arabic. I'm not sure where it was meant. It was either Lebanon or Egypt. Um, but they basically say, do you want more of this cheese, this panda cheese? And the, the joke is, is like somebody would say, no, nah, no, thanks. And then this giant panda would show up and like freak out and like get violent. <laughs> That's kind of the joke. So this is the one I wanted. This is the commercial I want to recreate kind of as a parody commercial. Oh, it's got the right. I like it. The office setting. Right. The open space <laughs> office setting. And then look. They're like, uh-oh. That's a good shot. So imagine that with Clippy. <laughs> yes, you know that could go. That could do. That could. Uh, that could do well for him. So I was gonna. I was gonna as part of the parody because this is back when I was doing evangelism. Um, for Windows, like, hey, don't do you want to port this app to Windows? And then somebody would say no, and then no. Clippy would appear. Oh, I like that. That would have been the the joke. I got it. I got it. 
But um, yeah. So um, so yeah. So I actually titled the stream because I have a new fascination, um, and the fascination is power apps. So yeah, you and I have been talking about this, but I thought it was worth sharing. Mm -hmm. Is that the um, I produce a lot of content, franksworld.com. Franksworld is at 101 posts for February, uh, so that makes it uh, two years and two months of where I've had more than... Um... Oh, okay. It was from Egypt. I thought it was either Egypt or Lebanon. I don't know why I thought Lebanon, but... Um, that was Mena. It was Mena. Thank you, Mena. Thanks, Mena. Um, but... Um... <laughs> Never say <laughs> no clippy, right? Those commercials were um, never say no to Clippy. Exactly. That that was the plan. It was like, never say no to Clippy. I could still make that commercial. Just... You can do it. Be like, hey, do you want to upload this stuff to Azure? <laughs> no, <laughs> we'll use AWS. And then Clippy <laughs> would appear. And then that song, there's like a 50s kind of romantic song kind of plays in the background. And like, that's what kind of juxtaposes it's good cinematography because, like, you have this yes. squishy little panda figure and this kind of soft, touchy feeling music. And then when the first time you see it, it's just so incongruent <laughs> that you're like, what is going on? Brilliant advertising from, the, from the thing. But there's one where there's another one where the guy is at a supermarket with his kid. And his son says, do you want me to get another one or two boxes? He goes, no, just one. And then the panda appears. And then the guy gets the second one in and they stare at each other. And then he puts a third one in and he's like, are you happy now? And then the panda <laughs> walks away. It was, it was just funny. The timing was just awesome. Yeah. I have to check it out. Very cool. Yeah. So funny, funny. Uh, Mark mentions power automate. So I use a tool called um, open live writer which is a descendant of a um, early 2000s or mid 2000s uh, program called Windows Live Writer, which is part of mm -hmm. the Windows Live Toolkit. Because I hate the WordPress, I said it, I hate the WordPress uh, blog editor. I think it stinks. And I've tried to use it. And I'm sure this is not a controversial thing. I think a lot of people think it stinks. They've modified it many times over the years. But... <laughs> yeah. So I tried to do it so where I can paste in a URL of a YouTube video, right, into RPA, into the desktop automate, and I actually have it kind of working. Um, I introduced a bug, but there's no source control that I was able to find, so I couldn't go back to a previous version. So I ended up recreating the steps. So I have it, like, largely done. So you paste in the URL, you run the program, and it basically scrapes all the stuff from YouTube, which is another utility I have built, and then formats it correctly inside Windows Live Writer. Nice. So it does all the copy pasting and kind of that stuff. So I'm still working on that, but um, but I'm actually thinking there might be a better way to do that because I also figured out there's another PowerFlow connector between WordPress and YouTube. So okay. I might be able to kind of write my own Power Apps connector. So. And I saw that comment. I'll get to that because it's true. It's a funny story. Um, let me see if I can pull up Windows Live Writer. Well, it's I'll open see. source, right? It is open source now. It's now called Open Live Writer. Yeah, so IT archaeologist. 
That's so I have good, a number of tools um, that I, <laughs> this is true. This is, it's truer than you know, Mark. Uh, let me see if I can share. Uh, but the thing screen. about archaeology in the context of IT is like, you could say things like circa September. Yes, this is true. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. It's, right. it's not that old. <laughs> so I think they had the best of intentions when they open source this, but for one yeah. reason or the other, People, the code has not really been updated. I think there's been a couple of updates in the last few years. Not exactly a thriving open source product. Yeah. Um, if you go here and you look for add plugins, it goes to a site that's dead, basically. Oh. And I don't think they've updated that. So when I, this is a funny story, speaking of archaeology. Uh, so I have a plugin, so I can go here and I can, um, let me go to channel nine. I can, uh, here we go. We'll honor Scott Hanselman. Right. So if I go to insert online video, you can't see this because it's not. So I pay, I, I, what I'm seeing on my screen now is a, a dialogue box that basically says paste in URL. I click mm. insert and watch what happens. Now this is this is something you wrote, right? This is something I wrote. So this is mm. uh, basically ASP.NET um, code that's on top of an ASP.NET Core library that goes and does this. So I have a website um, that I do this. So basically, once I watch a video and I like a video there, what I'll do is I'll kind of just insert that. I used to go to a browser, insert the URL, and it would do this, and I'd have to copy and paste it back and forth between WordPress. Mm-hmm. doesn't sound like a lot of time, but if you do 100 plus blog posts a month, it adds up. So by doing this, by just saying insert online video, paste the URL, boom, you know, mm. that's it. And obviously there's some formatting stuff I want to do. So what I had um, RPA do or the desktop automate was basically send the keystrokes because apparently this is all I figured out all the keystrokes to, to do this. And then once this is done, it would send a control home to send it here, shift down one arrow, cut, up, paste. So that's basically what I got. What I got working. Um, nice. What I'd like to do is basically also mine kind of names, like do like mm. sentiment entity analysis and uh, with um, NLP. And yeah. kind of extract relevant phrases and things and then drop that in as a tag and then also kind of figure out what the topic would be. So then that way, boom, we can just publish it. You know, so you least... want to get this down to like one click. Ideally. I might have to everything stick with two, but yeah. Yeah. Darn it, Frank. <laughs> I mean, these are all, I mean, what's funny is like I had all these ideas. I mean, these ideas yeah. aren't new, but just, I mean, Time is of the essence. It's like, you know, there's a cost-benefit analysis, right? For, for sure. me to write this plugin, and this plugin gets into kind of the archaeology comment. Let me see if I have Visual Studio on this box. Uh, I do not have Visual Studio. So my streaming box. So I probably should get Visual Studio. But the code to do this. So check this out. So I actually had to do searching online because the documentation 
site is gone. Mm. And so to write a plugin, the last time, so I remembered that I wrote a plugin in 2005, 2006 for nice. this. So, so I, did, I did a search using Bingle and um, I managed to find an article from Code Magazine from like 2007 where he talks about this. And I managed to go through the Wayback Machine to find a blog post I wrote on how I wrote my plugin. But why, Frank, did you need the Wayback Machine to get you your <laughs> own blog? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's it's worth saying. So people, if you do go to Frank's world and you'll see like it's been online since 1995, like, dude, you're only a blog post from like 2017. Reason for that is uh, my yeah. friends at ClearDB who were hosting my data on a free plan, free to me, and as free as, free as Microsoft and Azure were concerned, but apparently I was on the pay plan and I got canceled or deleted. They deleted all the data from their systems and servers because of non-payment on a free service. And no backups. It was gone. No well, no, they deleted all the backups. So they were thorough. Oh, so I think that's it. I mean, I was, I was PO'd, right? Like, we're on Frank LinkedIn, was not so happy. That's that's why I brought it up so that Frank mm -hmm. could explain that whole to you. Because honestly, I think every time we get a chance to ding them for being that dumb, <laughs> we should take it. We should take that. So we didn't force the opportunity. It came up in conversation. It's yes. not like we opened the show every time by saying, "Hey, Clear DB made this, you know, really dumb." For mistake. a while, we did for like a week. Or we two, did because well, I was still fuming mad. It was upset. I was upset. Well, I remember telling you, I remember telling you over a text message or, or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, but but it's in the cloud. They've got to have backups. <laughs> it's a cautionary yeah. tale. But there is a happy ending, though. There really is a happy ending to this because um, if you look, and I'll show you kind of how my process works, and people are still watching, so I'm assuming that there's interest in this. Yeah. Um, let me pull up. Excel and share Excel. So your, I think your screen says two are watching, but I'm looking at LinkedIn alone, and there's four here. Yeah, so. there's um, what there's a lot of bugs still left in um. Yeah, it's fine. In this, um, we're not doing this for the eyeballs. No, we're in it for the tech. We're in it for the tech. Hang on, I'm still having difficulty pulling up the uh. The one That's drive. why I was ad living here talking about it. I even did the fist thing. I appreciate tech, that. Tech. Trying see. to help. I appreciate we that. We aims to please. Sometimes we aims low. Just like you know. But we do aim. Do aim. Yes. Do aim. <laughs> here we go. I gotta pop over to YouTube and see and Twitch and see how you're doing. I'm I'm when you see me looking this way, I'm looking at the other monitor. And post data. This is what I'm looking for. So I actually, Freezing I was Friday. telling, I was telling you this. Um, I signed up for another tenant on Office 365. So I have my own personal kind of space where I, we can build out stuff. And um, yes. I'm excited because like I'm learned, I learned a ton. I set, up a, I set up a SharePoint site for the family to kind of have a shared calendar and stuff like that. And let me tell you, man, hell is frozen over for me to be excited about SharePoint. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, here we go. This is my 
So I, we are data driven at data driven naturally. Um, so I track, fortunately I had this saved out. So I know what, how much data I lost when ClearDB nuked me. So franksworld.com has been around since 1995, but I actually um, turned it into a technology blog. Uh, speaking of archeology, span Mark, um, in 2004, February, 2004, uh, when I, when I, when I fired up the dot text blog engine, which, um, became community server, which then became non-existent. Uh, <laughs> uh, but what I do is I track this and basically I have an Excel formula to figure out because I had originally just had a CSV, which is these two values. So yeah. what happened is I kind of keep myself honest with this little dashboard here. And, um, you know, in other words, you know, how many posts per day I need to be at to hit a certain, my target is generally around five posts mm -hmm. per day, uh, which gets me comfortably over a hundred. That's a goal I set. I have some other kind of metrics and stuff. I really kind of nerded out with this. There are errors in this because, well, you know, time, right? The goal it's is data. It's just the data, right? So data. Um, this yeah. here is uh, before and after. So I, in 2017, and you can, y'all can do the math in your head. Um, I lost, I started the blog in 2004 and in September of 2017, ClearDB nuked me. So that's 13 and a half years of blog posts gone in a, in a flash. And, you know, I was mad, but then I kind of like thought about it as kind of an opportunity to, I, I'm also at fault too. I should have had my own backups. I should not have relied so heavily on the cloud, the magic of the cloud, uh, being able yeah, to- Yeah, but who who what? thinks of that? Who thinks of that, Frank? Well, fortunately, I had read Taleb at this point, so I knew how to be anti-fragile. I was, you know, I was very fragile. I thought I was resilient, but I wasn't. Um, and um, so I have this metric here, which in, in, in over time has actually inspired me, is that this is the ratio of posts before is what I had from 2004, 2017, after is everything I've created since September 2017. So in the span of less than four years, I've created almost as much content as I did in 13 years. Nice. So for one, I like having this metric because one, it one, I part of it was I wanted to bounce back because I needed to bounce back. And two, it was a way to spite them. <laughs> Because in my back and forth with their people, they told me that the site was dead, that it was a, it was an unused site, which is totally not true. Uh, but I, I also use this as an opportunity to like, okay, I really want to amp up the amount of content I create. How do I do that? Right. And that kind of led me into this coding where I can kind of semi-automate stuff, kind of do the data mining or whatnot. And you'll see what the average post per month before versus after. So mm -hmm. I guess that's not really big enough. So let me zoom in. So before, over 162 months, I had that many posts. And in this many months, I had, actually, I think I'm at 40 months now. Um, I really need to make this so it's more automated. 
Maybe I'll use Synapse or something. Um, but you'll see that I have about, I've been averaging closer to 100 posts per month, up from nice. 34. So this is kind of my inspirational to myself backup, I mean, bounce back story, right? Mm -hmm. And in about 15 months, I will have, I'll hit the 50-50 mark at current, at current speed, which I don't know. I'm proud of that. I am. I think it's <laughs> astounding, man. Yeah, you, uh, it's not much, you, but I do what I can. You kicked it up. You know, yeah. and, and I, this is I kind like of my it. chart over time. I really, what I really need to do is, is migrate this to Power BI, kind of make it more, um, more, more automatic. Cause right now what I do is I enter the date yeah. and stuff like that. So right. that's on my list of things to do. But um, what's funny is, is that on one of the um, uh, podcasters kind of groups I'm on on Facebook, this one lady was writing a book and she actually lost, she spent 10 months writing the book and she, and she lost it through some kind of hard drive glitch or whatever. Oh, and she posted on that, how she was devastated. And I shared my story with Clarity B uh, sent her the, we recorded a show right after it happened. Uh, and um, I actually inspired her. I meant, I meant it to console her to like, it's not the end of the world. You can yeah. back from this, but she took it and she rewrote the book in three months. Wow. Good for published her. It. So like, and it was just, it was ended up. So sometimes you just have to inspire yourself because you never know who else you're going to inspire. Was she a guest on our show? Cause I, she was not. She okay. Was not. okay. She, I was thinking um, of someone working on a book and that was a guest on our show. No, no. This, I didn't remember that space at all. Okay, cool. Yes. John, you know exactly how it goes. This yeah. list grows of stuff you want to do. But I will yeah. say that Power Platform has helped me tackle this list somewhat. So you do the show, um, the Data Minute, and you were like, you one day you were kind of low on stories. And then you were like, well, when I ran DC Tech Minute, how did I, how did I source it? Right. And I basically did it by searching Twitter hashtags, hashtag DC Tech. And that got me thinking, like, could I create a power app that basically would scrape or just monitor Twitter for, so I set up a, a sample thing for hashtag quantum computing, right? Yeah. And overnight, I forgot about it. I check it the next day, 150 tweets it found. Nice. And I don't have to look at Twitter, which <laughs> fine by me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Twitter can be very distracting, I'll put it that way. And so then I then I found there's another connector to YouTube. So I have it mining that too. So what I really like to do so is like, nice. yeah. So the next step, instead of uh, dropping it into a, an Excel file, I want to drop it into a power platform dataverse model where then I can mine from kind of my ultimate goal would be that I'd, I'd fire up a power app on my phone. And because sometimes when you, there's stories you don't want to share or they've been repeated. So you can just say, don't want it, want it. I swipe right or left on it, right? The kids will get that reference, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, but, um, and, and then if I, if I approve it, then it goes to a short queue that later on when I'm in front of a computer, I can, can then kind of post, watch it and then post it or something like that. Have kind of a more of a workflow. And on my whiteboard over there, um, I kind of have a sketch out of what I want to build. Because I want to be able to maintain the hundred plus blog posts per month, as well sure. as um, get uh, Project Ringgate kind of going and, and awesome as well. 
Yeah, and there's some overlap uh, in the functionality. Totally, totally I overlap. Can, I can totally see that. And, you know, I I don't know. I, I doubt we'd be able to – well, I don't know, Frank. I mean, you and I have talked about some other ideas that I'm not ready to make public at this time, but machine learning AI type stuff right. that um, – that would be applied to, in my what I was thinking about was some auto um, generating of code, and yes. that's that's what I was thinking about. And I, you and I actually submitted a precon um, that if we if we'd have been chosen, it was to a major data conference. If oh, we'd have been chosen for that. that, we would have built it, but we didn't. We never built it because it's a major data chosen. conference that no longer exists. No longer exists. Well, actually, not for dropping um, a hint. Well, uh, somebody picked them up, so I'll, I'll oh, give really? uh, I'll give Redgate props for that, and they say they're going to do the past summit. Uh, they're going to do it. They're oh, going to bring cool. it back, keep it going. So we'll I mean, see. It, it, I, the past summit was a great event. I mean, I never went to one. I I, I kind of followed your adventures in it. Um, yeah, you know, the, it, it's the organization that went broke, not the event. Which yeah, yeah, it was definitely uh, it was a a cool event. And there were, uh, of course, SQL Saturdays that are um, also, they got picked up by Redgate as well. Thank you, Redgate, for uh, for doing that. There's any number of opinions in this SQL community, SQL Server community, about, um, you know, about both the organization stopping and then also about Redgate picking it up. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think it's it's good. That, that's what I think. I think it's a good thing that they did, and kudos to uh, Redgate Software for doing that. Uh, we'll see how it works out. Definitely going to be some changes, but you know, this community, I don't if, if, if Frank knows this, because even before Frank got into, you know, data from a machine learning and, and AI and data science perspective, he was he was engaged um, in, in the data community, and he knew how things were going. In fact, in fact, Frank started. Frank and I restarted the Richmond SQL Server Users Group in 2006. But okay. the way you should hear that is Frank restarted the group, and I kind of tagged along with him to, you know, to help out where I could. He did the majority of the work. So, and that group is still going strong. They're still meeting, and uh, I presented well, there cool. a couple months ago. Actually, that's um, cool. That's a group. Yeah. I remember the guy who originally started that ended it. Mm-hmm. When I asked him for his help, and I think you were on the email thread too, instead of just saying no thanks, he wrote this whole screed yeah. on why community will never work in rest in Richmond ever. Yeah. So which clearly he was proven wrong, but <laughs> well, that was before we did the code camps. We did right, right. what? six or sorry, 10 or 12 in five mm-hmm. or six years. We were doing them every six months or so. Yep. Uh, great team doing those. And, you know, and, and, and there's SQL Saturdays in Richmond. There's been a number of those. And I've just great one of those, I think. Organization. You've yeah. spoken at almost all of them. I maybe. Yeah, I think almost all. But there are. Uh, it's just great to see what this community does. So, you know, it's being able to. uh to have a community that speaks about data, speaks about data automation, and then adding automation to kind of the front end of that for you and I to do some stuff, whether it's stuff you and I do or just others. There's a number of people out there doing curation, for instance. Right. And they've been doing it the you know the hard way because 
we didn't have power apps back in the day when a lot of these curated sites started. And so they had to carve their own out of wood. Uh, you know. <laughs> wood and stone. Very, uh, <clears throat> That's it. Very primal. Thank goodness That's they cool, did. Though. Yeah. But uh, so, no, I mean, it, it, so I have a lot of ideas. You and I were bouncing ideas about Project Ringgate and kind of how, mm -hmm. how to create content. I mean, I don't know if it'll ever be fully automated or should it ever be I fully automated. It. But yeah. I mean, if it takes you, this was a problem I had when I created um, DC Tech Minute, right? This was, mm -hmm. um, if you roll back the clock to, I guess it would have been 2014. I had franksworld.tv for a year on YouTube. My then manager uh, chastised me for spending time on it because I thought it was part of an evangelism play. Which, That's crazy. Um, you know, we'll, we'll leave the judgment there, but, um, you know, he, he basically told me I should find kind of a student, like a high school student or a college student to do it. And I was like, to do what? And he goes, other videography and the editing. I'm just like, you realize we live in DC, right? Like <laughs> we live in DC. We don't live in New York or LA where there's a broke, desperate, um, film school student on every corner. Right. 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 Like this is not something that typically you find one, the ethics of asking somebody to do something for free. Let's leave that aside. But two, just the practical aspect of you're not going to find what you're looking for. You're not going to find. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And um, he, he didn't like that. And he ends up yelling at me in the Phoenix airport. Like it was just, it was a surreal time. It was just very surreal. So that inspired me to come up with an idea for a show that I could produce daily or almost daily. But in yeah. order to do that, I had to crunch the time of the show down to kind of like a minute, like make it short. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I really got the notion of what, what really, with things like YouTube and streaming, well, streaming wasn't really a thing back then, but right. the cost of creating content isn't really the cost. Like, it's not like I'm going to shoot like the event, another Avengers movie and it's going to cost $500 million to make it. The cost is time. Right. So that really got me in a mindset of how do I how do I take kind of like the cost of time right. and reduce it? So I got really good at building uh, the first version of my automation tool started with there. So I would go, mm -hmm. I would copy and paste a tweet. And if you ever done that, the 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 formatting makes a big mess. So mm -hmm. I actually made an app that if I would just paste in a bunch of the poorly formatted stuff. I'd save it to OneNote and then paste it into this thing and it would strip all the formatting out and basically produce a little script for me to say, which was pretty cool. And yeah, I had the show cool. notes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's when I really realized, like, if you can automate as much of this as you reasonably can, then mm -hmm. you could do a lot more. Um, and that's, you know, if you look at the graph I showed of the post on Frank's World, there's a definite spike after that because I realized mm -hmm. that I could make that tool for other things. And power apps is it's just it's just really cool. Like, you know, I was looking last night um how to build my own connector. So maybe right. I can drop that in as a component, either in my own custom thing or somewhere else. So I'll be able to kind of push that stuff around. But again, this is awesome. all stuff I, I, I could do in code, but yeah. You know, because it's not and the hard got... stuff isn't the 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 glue that stuff puts to get stuff together i can't talk anymore <laughs> it's um 
it's kind of like the the hard stuff is the hard stuff and the, the stuff to glue it and connect it should be at a much lower level. I don't have to think about it. Right. It's getting better. Yeah. <clears throat> and you and I have uh, been putting off for months now uh, a uh, some time to to walk through ADF. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know a little bit of ADF, Frank. You could just take that and run with it. And there's uh, connectors in there for lots yeah. of gaps and functions and all sorts. You could just run with that. And I, I'd love to share just a little bit I know about it. So and then watch you go. You know, because then, see, then what happens? I'm being very selfish about this, Frank. Once you get to be a rock star on all of the stuff and how it works together and automated and stuff, I could say, well, I taught him ADF. There you go. There you go. <laughs> One Dude, little you, piece. Do you know how many meetings and like Teams chats I've been on inside Microsoft where I'm like, I know Andy Leonard. <laughs> You've told me this, and every time it makes me laugh because I'm like, yeah. really? There was one time, there was one time where um, somebody was like posting a whole bunch of your stuff in the tech, like, you know, oh, this wow. is, these are really great resources. And then um, somebody's like, and I, and I wrote That's back funny. and I wrote That's back, funny. he has a podcast too. And then in this chat, he's like, really? I was like, yeah, but the co-host is a bit of a jerk. <laughs> and I put a winky face and I don't think the guy got it, but other people yeah, got yeah, it. Yeah. And, and That's funny. funny. Or maybe he agreed with me. Maybe I am a bit of a jerk. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, you know my response to this. I got a couple that I'm sincere, and one's half joking. But the uh, the sincere one is that you know I just I'm amazed, and I I give God all the glory. But the one that I joke about often is I'll say I've been trapped in here with me for 57 years, and I'm just not that impressed. I can tell you, <laughs> just not. But and it's funny. So, but it's you know it's. It, it it's good, you know, it's not a bad thing. And I just try to, to live up to that. But what will happen often is people get all enamored, right? And then I'll do or say something that I do. You watch me code. When I do live streams, you can watch me code. And you can, I know because people have emailed me and said, you should have done this. And it's like 30 minutes in, I could have <laughs> fixed whatever I worked on for an hour. And it's like, yeah, I missed that. So yeah. I've been doing some more of that, but then when we lost, we lost, you know, a lot of people talk about, you mentioned a data minute and I, I haven't done one in gosh, a week. And the reason is we just had, first we lost power and then I just, you know, kind of trying to dig out of that. I'm just about, we're just about back to normal. Although I'm going to spend tonight and tomorrow cleaning up uh, <laughs> all the, gen- we have extension cords running all over for the generator. <laughs> Got to clean all that up and, it's, you know, it's you awesome. know what's helped. You know what stopped power outages in my part of Maryland. Right. I got a whole house generator. You fixed it. Yeah, that's I fixed it. I, that's my joke. I left everything out because we had another storm coming in forty-eight hours, and I told Christy we didn't lose power. And I said it's because I left this mess, all these that's extension right. cords in that's your right. way. <laughs> I think I've used. I, I installed that thing. God, my oldest would have been a baby. Wow. Um, because when he was born during snowmageddon and then a, like a month later we had the snowpocalypse so i'm a new yeah. dad and yeah and we had pow- we had no power for like a week i mean it was bad and like that is bad and i we were running out of firewood and like here is this little baby i'm like oh my god i'm failing as a father and i was like i don't care what i have to do i'm getting first i'm, I'm getting a whole house generator a couple yeah. of years later so you would have been about two a couple of years later we did get a uh, whole house generator and our neighborhood, knock on wood, has not had a sustained power outage. Wow. Like 
I think uh, 15 minutes is the longest we went. And uh, well, it's handy, you know, it's handy. I mean, it's great. Plus, I have the I still have the solar generator I built for um, an IoT project. uh, That is previous gig. So Stevie was watching your video back in 2014, 2015. He was watching your video on that. And uh, we were looking at it. We're like, we need to do that for some stuff in the greenhouse. Mm-hmm. So it's a great, great video. And I'm sure there's new tech out there. There's I, new I tech. If I, if I had to do it all over again, I would get a golf cart battery. Oh, that's a good thought. Because I was just about to say you right. used a marine battery. Mm-hmm. A deep I cycle think. marine battery. Because okay. those are meant to be fully depleted and then reloaded. Interesting. Now, okay. the catch with a golf cart battery is I'm not sure how cold tolerant they are. Oh, yeah. Marine batteries are designed to have better cold tolerance. Okay. But there's a guy, there's a number of YouTubers out there that the where I learned it from, right? One was called Tinfoil Hat Ranch. Nice. And you know what? He's got some crazy beliefs, but he can teach electricity. He can teach (laughs) electricity like nobody's business. So I'm cool. I can separate the message from the messenger, right? There you go. Um, That's a skill that is increasing. Isn't that dying? Isn't that um, dead now? Uh, almost. It's like it's like um, like the woolly mammoth or something like that. But um, but there's another guy. I don't think it was him, but he basically he lives somewhere very cold where it gets routinely below freezing for extended periods of time. He actually dug a hole for where his battery storage was. Neat. And then covered it with um, like a mixture of hay and like insulating material, and then plywood. Okay. So, and he actually had a sensor in there that would tell him. So because of the natural insulation of the ground, et cetera, et cetera, it never got much below 40 degrees, if at all. So he was able to kind of do that. So that might be something that you would, you know, yeah, but deep cycle is what you want because that apparently is electrical code for you can drain it all the way down and back up. Okay. That, that's good to know. Yeah. If it, I know, you know, it's a chemical process in the batteries. Yes. And that would be, you know, one of the impacts of it is if it's tolerant of being completely drained. Right. And then without, you know, hurting the, I guess, damaging the chemicals or the way they work when you charge them. Anyone so, who's had an oh. iPhone for more than like three years, you know, you well, know that's a problem. It was that plus. Plus uh, that secret well, Weren't they killing you? Yeah. Yeah, they were killing you (laughs) to preserve the customer experience. That's it. So we, it's interesting you mentioned that because we do have a hole here beside the greenhouse. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the projects we did last fall was uh, we we replaced our septic tank. We live out here in the country. And um, when we did that. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. yeah. We don't. um, Are you on a well? We're on a well as well. We're on a well as well. uh, which, which as a city boy, that was absolutely terrifying when we were house hunting. But honestly, yeah. after about a month, you don't even notice it. And trust yeah. me, yeah. the Washington Suburban Sanitary Commission, who who does the water and the uh, sewage for yeah. um, suburban Maryland, I'm okay not. I'm okay not <laughs> drinking their water. I'm okay with that. I'll just put it out there. I'm okay with that. So w- when we did that, we had tobacco here, and we had the greenhouse underway. And one of the things we wanted to do was put in kind of a, we call it a cool, uh, cool pit. Um, not quite like a storage um, 
a cellar, you know, a cold cellar. We had mm. kind of a cool cellar. So we had a guy dig us a hole uh, with a backhoe, probably uh, about 10 feet, maybe 12 feet deep. Now, we haven't done anything with it. We just put a temporary uh, roof over right. it. And, of course, it's filled up and drained like, I don't know, a half a dozen times. So now it's about uh, six and a half feet deep. And it's probably a good four feet of silt in the bottom. <laughs> so there you go. We're going to need to go in there and clean all that out before we actually do it. But we're still working focused on the greenhouse part itself. Then there's a shed out back. And it's actually we had to dig the hole so we could build a door from the shed and just steps right down into the coal right. cellar. So that's what so we have a hole. Is the is what I thought of when you were sharing about that guy who had dug the hole and done that. I doubt because of how open our hole is and probably will be when we're done with it. It probably wouldn't help us as much as what as what he did. But you do um don't you do th- uh, geothermal? Yeah, cooling, so we have right? uh, we have that's how I got the generator actually because yeah 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 when you when you spend that much with a company um with an HVAC company, they're, they're your best buds. Um, <laughs> so we basically threw it in that I wouldn't say I almost got it for free, but at the time there was, um, federal state and County, uh, tax credits. Gotcha. If you got a geothermal system. So yeah. it, it, if I, if you could wait a year for that to come to fruition, essentially the generator was, was almost free. Nice. Combined with the discount, you know, very nice. Yes, I knew you got, and it is cooling, right? You did the cooling side geothermally. Is that correct? we have uh, we have geothermal does heating and cooling. Uh, nice. Okay, um, I didn't realize you had heating too. Yeah, but we, I'm not sure if it's configured wrong. Um, oh, okay. Or, but we have oil heat as our backup. I got you. Okay. So, I mean, if it gets if it gets cold, I I like the cold weather. I mean, my, I mean, I'm. Of, of French Canadian stock. And right, right. Uh, <laughs> so I, and my wife likes it colder as well. I mean, right okay. now it's 65 degrees in my office. Okay. I'm okay with that. Um, and um, I don't know where I was going with this, but um, okay. no, I'm not a big fan of the heat and the humidity. Right. So yeah, yeah. Um, the um, it does a really good job of, it doesn't really struggle. Like in even in the worst of heat waves, and it doesn't That's use that nice. much electricity because, I mean, for those who don't know, basically a, a geothermal system, geothermal is a lot of things. Like if you look at Iceland, Iceland mm. had, generates electricity from geothermal. That would be cool, but we're not above a geyser or anything like that or any right. volcanic you need, activity. You need a volcano okay or volcanic on one side and a glacier on the other. Right. I'm okay you could do not that. living on top of a volcano. <laughs> I, I, maybe I'm. Um, that's just the, the kid from the Bronx in me, but you're you're awful picky, Frank. I'm just saying. I'm just picky like that. So, um, <laughs> no, what this does, they they drilled a well, um, a series of three wells, um, 300 nice. feet deep, and there's these. Oh, wow. uh, they have glycol in them, and there's these tubes, and basically, what it does is a heat exchange against the ground. Okay. It does a heat exchange against the ground, like um, I don't know, like 300 feet down, which is always 56. 45 to 56 degrees year round, right. no matter what's happening on the surface. So the heat exchange then comes up and then goes through the system. It's actually right there on the other side of the monitor. Um, so when you're doing heat and you're cooling, you're always doing it against 56 or 40 degrees. 
So even if it's 90 degrees outside or 100 degrees outside, a billion percent humidity, that's what it, it's not fighting, kind of like taking yeah. 90 degree air and to put it down. So that's where you get your real efficiency. So um, I'm happy with it. Uh, the waste energy that goes off also helps heat the water. Okay. So that that helps too. Um, but, um, you know, we're kind of weird in the sense that we have an oil furnace and geothermal. Very few. Yeah. <laughs> very few techs are like have ever seen that. So anytime an HVAC guy comes to our house, it's like, what's this about? And it's like part of it was we already had an oil tank in the in the ground. Yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. And you know, yeah. you can hate on oil, but it heats fast and it heats quickly. And you know, you know, for us, we like it cold, so it's not like we have the house at eighty degrees. So we just want to keep yeah. it. You know, we want that quick burst, and then that burst will last us for six hours, and then another quick mm-hmm. burst, et cetera, et cetera. But well, um, I imagine there's a lot of people in uh, Texas uh, that would, you know, that don't have that option right now. Right. I know that nobody. Nobody saw this coming, but some of the uh, stories that I heard about, there were, I read something, don't know how accurate it was, but it was projecting something like 2 million customers that were relying on wind, right. um, which normally is just not a problem. But when it gets iced up, mm-hmm. it turns the blades won't turn. And, yeah. you know, they were doing things like pouring hot water on them to try and thaw them out and I, man, my heart goes out i pray for you know that to, that situation to change quickly but that's one that's, of the i'm sorry go ahead that's okay one of the stats that i read um is that cold um impacts people and in fact it it's seven times deadlier than excess heat excess cold and it's been very cold down there you know yeah especially if you're not used to it yeah. Um, so you know, I'm worried that there were people who suffered and perhaps died uh, because of that. And you would think that heat would be, you know, would be more, more deadly. But it turns out statistically, it's seven times, it's colder, yeah. seven times deadlier. I didn't well, know. Pete, that. You always hear about people dying of hypothermia, never hyperthermia. I mean, True. it happens, but. True. You know. Um, and it, yeah. I don't know. It's just. Um, there's things you can do in the cold. I mean, in the heat, you can't do as long as you stay hydrated and limit your activity and exposure, you can, you can make it. Whereas with cold, you have to be continuously moving and kind of being ready yeah. for that. And that's a lot harder to do, especially if you have existing medical problems. Cold will right. also freeze the pipes. I imagine there's going to be a lot of busy plumbers in the next, um, uh, weeks, yeah. you know, coming weeks. And I mean, that's the thing with renewable energy. I'm a big fan of renewable energy. Same, but, same here, but it's not perfect. And like, it's just amuses me to see certain people saying like, this is wonderful. It's like, yes, it is wonderful, but I mean, I love my solar thing. I love, I mean, yeah. you know, when the, when the time is right, I love to get solar panels on my roof, but you know, solar has its catches. And one of the catches is actually, ironically, solar panels tend to lose efficiency the hotter they get. Interesting. Um, So when they're cold, they actually will do well. And there was another bunch of YouTubers. It wasn't a tinfoil hat guy, but basically it was kind of this crazy, I think it might've been King of Random or Crazy Russian Hacker, one of those guys. Okay. 
um, where they, they, they had a solar cell and they were measuring the output of it. And what they would do is they would put mirrors to kind of throw more photons at the solar cell. Sounds, so, sounds legit. That's your word. Sounds legit. So uh, after three mirrors, after two, actually, well, you're never going to get three 300% improvement because that pesky thermodynamics thing, um, <laughs> which uh, I'm sure our, our PhD is on, on the, on the stream. We'll, we'll know what that is. But um, after about two, you didn't get really a big improvement. Yeah. And so then the guy, it was a cool video. I got to find it and share it. Okay. But he basically was like, well, what if I took a Fresnel lens? <laughs> Take all of this sunlight, put it in there. Well, after about 10 seconds, the thing fried and cracked and boiled. Oh, he's like, crap. So then he got this idea where he would, don't try this at home, kids. Um, I should have said that. <laughs> then he got this idea of like, well, what if I cooled it constantly? So then he figured out that if he put it in mineral oil, hmm. he would be able to. So that's when he just discovered that the hotter a solar panel gets, the worse it performs. Gotcha. Gotcha. So if you put it, so he was able to, not with the Fresnel lens as much, but with um, um, with the multiple mirrors, he actually got about 250% uh, kind of better throughput. Wow. Because he had it in mineral oil. And I remember telling this, because this would have been when I was building out my system in 2014. Yeah. I was working on K Street, and one of the guys there had just gotten solar to his house, and we were chatting about solar. He's a big, uh, shall we say, proponent of solar. And mm -hmm. I was telling him, he goes, he, he was saying like, well, you know, when the fall comes, I don't expect to get. And I was like, you know, I wonder because, you know, as it gets colder, yeah, there's less days, there's less time in the sun. But if the panel itself yeah. is cooler, it, it may not be as a dramatic fall off as you think. And yeah. Then, and then he's looking at me. He's not – he said he was an engineer, but he didn't have – because I was telling him about the mineral oil thing. And he goes, well, I can't put mineral oil on my house. And I'm like, well, no kidding, Sherlock. But, <laughs> you know, there might be other ways to cool – I don't know. Like I think, I think yeah. solar tech and battery tech are a long way to go in terms of um, that. But um, – well, they've come a long way. I mean, they're they so have much come better a long than way. they were. So it's interesting to see. And hopefully that'll continue. Apple supposedly has some breakthrough that they're going to announce in the next year or two on battery tech. Nice. I don't I don't know much more than that. but Okay. Very cool. Um, so we've been streaming for an hour and 22 minutes. I want to say Goodness thank you. gracious. I have <laughs> things to get into. It has been awesome. Maybe I'll make this into a show. I don't know. Um, put it on the podcast feed. Cool. I know we've got some uh, guests pinging us, uh, potential guests pinging us. I got to get on that, that scheduled, and we'll uh, get uh, those out. We had a couple of really good guests back to back: uh, Peter Voss and Voss. Um, and, and uh, Burkow. What was his first name? Burkow's first name. Mar uh, was it Mark or Tim? I can't remember. That's a shame. But Mr. Burkow, it was an awesome show. That was an awesome um, show because he's a smart Peter guy. Voss Dan was Burkow. our last one. Dan Burkow. Dan Burkow. Yes, and that was an awesome show. I really enjoyed that, awesome that conversation with him and um, Peter Voss as well. So great, 
great data science top top shows, topics on the show. Datadriven.tv, go check us out. Yep. Or you can say to your Alexa device, Alexa, play the Data Driven Podcast. But she's there's one over there. She's about driven from Amazon Music. Resuming season four, episode six. Alexa. Pause. <laughs> awesome, Frank. All right. You have a great weekend, and uh, maybe I'll stream tomorrow. Who knows? Andy, as always, great catching up with you. Mark. Same. John. Both Marks, right? Both Marks. Both Marks. Both, both Dr. T's. Both Dr. T's. Um, <laughs> great, great catching up with you. Mena, thanks for uh, thanks for stopping by, everyone. Thank you. Um, leave a like, leave a comment, share. That definitely helps us boost our, our, um, our standing in the LinkedIn algorithm as well as the YouTube algorithm, because I haven't totally given up on YouTube. <laughs> so with that, I will end the show. Any words of wisdom for the end, Andy? Now, everybody have a great weekend. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. <laughs>